You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about my growler, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me, as always, my friend, my colleague, a man who needs to earn his place in this starting lineup. It's Harrison Crow. Say hey to everybody, Harrison. I'm just over here drinking some tea, man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, drinking boy. tea or smoking dope, I, no, one, no one knows for certain. I, I think we pretty safely can say it was drinking tea because it makes sense, whereas smoking dope makes zero sense. I um, don't know. Yeah, you know, they're so arrogant. <laughs> Boy, I these these takes are giving me life today. I, I love that uh, the U.S. women's national team continues to beat all comers uh, and leave their opponents with nothing more but the, but, but moral victories to try and grasp, you know? Um, just hey, moral like, victories. We all, need, we all need a little bit more morals in our life, you know? That moral fiber. We do not. We do not. It's with unnecessary. Breakfast. We need... Great winners, Harrison. Is that what great winners? Yeah. Moral fiber, something like that. Um, so yeah, big weeks. MLS is back, sorta. It's back this week. It was back a little bit last week. Um, so that 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 that's something we're going to talk a little bit about. We got some MLS questions. Uh, first of all, before we get started, I, I want to just give a big thank you to our listeners, uh, readers, uh, anybody out there listening that uh, donated. Um, to American Soccer Analysis Patreon uh, to help us, um, you know, uh, run our site better, get our site uh, upgrades that we need to, to make sure that, that nobody loses access at any point. Um, blown away by the support. We, 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 we knew you were cool people. We thought you'd come through for us. We didn't think you'd come through for us this much. You, you've blown us away uh, with, with your generosity. Um, and, and we got big plans, improvements, and uh, hopefully we're going to start seeing the fruits of those really, really soon. So, um, yeah, exciting yeah, Matthias, stuff. Matthias actually took a vacation and uh, and took his laptop with him just so he could work on specifically ASA stuff. Yeah, during his vacation, uh, so that he could have some some stuff to roll out because he was just completely he was overwhelmed by the support. I was overwhelmed, and so there was a lot of stuff where we're still trying to figure out what all we can we can do with it. Because to be perfectly honest, it, it's more than what we asked for. And so, but what that'll do is it's definitely going to allow us to do some really cool stuff um, and some things that, you know, honestly, we're like, you know, kind of one gonna, day when we're going to buy one Darren of us Maddox. makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harrison. my goodness. You know what? I, I have plans for Darren. You know what? We'll, we'll make him a full time winger. And uh, oh, God. All right. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So uh, thank you again. Um Everyone very overwhelmed here. Uh, it, it means the world to us. Uh, so, so thank you uh, for anyone that donated. If you haven't and you'd like to, um, sure, go right ahead. Uh, that Patreon page is still up. Uh, there's a link on our uh, website, uh, americansocceranalysis.com. Also, we had a fun day on Twitter today, Harris, and I had a really fun time uh, interacting with the American soccer community um, and sending out some uh, – uh, our, our friend Dummy Run, uh, who some of you uh, – he was on the show last year. Uh, talking NYC FC, um, he made some really cool bar graphs uh, for all the MLS players, and uh, we got to pour over those uh, this weekend. Is what I spent a lot of my spare time doing, and uh, we got to share those. So there's a thread on Twitter um, with some really really cool stuff. Uh, some surprises on there. Would you say that that's fair to say, Harrison? Some people I, that really stood out. Well, I think when you start putting players within the context of their peer group. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, players, you kind of start standing out, and you start saying, "Wow, wow, this this player is a little bit better than what I thought," and you you start understanding that there's probably a, a small difference between some players, right? Yeah. Well, and then you, you can look at something like, say, if a player is in the 50th percentile, I'm on their position, and like that doesn't look great, no, but it's not bad because you're better than most of your other colleagues. Um, so it's interesting. I definitely um, – my the ones that just, like, made my heart stop were uh, Atuesta, who was just yeah, amazing Atuesta at everything. Was, 
Yeah, he, he he's phenomenal. It's it's it it's a crime against humanity that he plays in one of probably one of the most exciting markets right now, and he's what maybe third or fourth on the pecking list on that on the narrative talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I it, think it blows he's, me away. Yeah, I've I've been a big fan um, <clears throat> for a while uh, since the start of this season. Uh, him and Kay are, are quite quite phenomenal, but but Adoestas is just oof, love the graph. Check it out. And then <laughs> the funniest one was Ilsenio, uh, who is the best at everything uh, in Except his thirty minutes. Yeah, well, apparently. He's not bad at that. No, he's not bad at that, but he's just not the best. I showed that to uh, a friend of mine today, and he's like, wow, is there anything else in you can't do? And I was like, play 90 minutes. That's what he can't do. <laughs> well, I mean, Any fairness, of this for more than 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, if if you ask him to do that for more than 30 minutes, you, you're getting um, – much less <laughs> you're gonna get some diminishing him. returns yeah. but it's cool and i don't think there are a lot of mls teams that have somebody like that just an incredible off the bench guy that can be just super dominant um you know not just replacing someone not just being fast in fact he's very slow uh he's just extremely skilled yeah no he's definitely a really skilled player i don't know if i would i would call him slow uh I, it's kind of like call him slow. okay so i i think of it kind of like uh so i was thinking about this while i was watching uh the world cup game today uh, and Carly Lloyd is not not fast, right? Like uh, those, she had a couple uh, through ball. It's not what she's known for, yeah. Right, but she's really quick on the ball, right? She has some really quick movements, and I kind of I, I think Elsinio is very much in that in that uh, vein. He's extremely quick on the ball. He makes quick decisions and, and can identify stuff. But yeah, he's he's not going to lead a counter, right? Yeah. Um. It's true, it's true. Uh, but it's kind of an amazing story. I, I, I really want. I, I wonder if there is not a market now that we could find where um, uh, we could find these aging, <laughs> high skilled players that can come in for thirty minutes and just take over your offense. I thought uh, that was what England was for. Maybe that's what England's for. Maybe we can find yeah. it out there. Uh, so cool. So check that out on Twitter. Uh, I know that was very exciting audio to describe these really cool visualizations. Um, but but they're neat. Uh, check them out. Uh, let's see. Quick news this week. Anything? Uh, U.S. beat England. Cool. That was neat. Great job. Uh, Christian Press scored, so I was very happy. Um, anything else stand out to you there? I think it was... Uh, Rose Lavelle was amazing. Yes, Rose Lavelle was amazing. Um, I like Rose Lavelle. I, I, what it, what I, I think it would, I, she stood out a lot to me, but I think it was kind of because we were talking. So for some reason, she got brought up as like having a, a possibly less than great uh, tournament. And yeah. um, that got like really heated within our Slack. So I don't want to say heated. That was, that's probably the no, wrong term. But uh, nobody, yeah, nobody like, I think everybody kind of rushed to be like, no, that's a bad take. And then immediately she came out of that game uh, on fire. Yes. Um, so. And they, they managed to do it uh, without Megan uh, Rapino, which was uh, cool. Uh, Rapino picked up a little knock, um, managed to uh, get a little rest in there before the final. So uh, congrats to the United States women's national team. Uh, sip the tea, dab, uh, you know, run up and down, do a conga line, celebrate however you want, as long as you keep winning. Uh, it's not arrogant if you can back it up. That's what I always heard. <laughs> Um, all right. On the other side of the coin, we have the U.S. men's national team, uh, who also have advanced in their tournament. Um, but eh, whew, that was a uh, really poor performance against uh, a uh, Curacao, um, not known as a world or regional power in any sense. Uh, probably better than a lot of people gave him credit for, I think. Definitely. Um, you know, these are all professional players. Um, these are all first division Dutch guys. Like, these are good players. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, there was an expectation for another big win for the United States men's national team. And, uh, they did get the win, but they were, I, I'll say it. They were, they were worse than Curacao in the night. No, I, I didn't think they were great. Um, yeah. but at the same time, I mean, you, you had a couple of guys that uh, definitely like, the lawyer room was was fantastic and, and i mean he's like the backup keeper for psv which is uh, I, th I believe they made champions league this past year didn't they so they're I mean, one of the bigger air divisie clubs yes. yeah uh, they, they they play second in the air divisie this past year i mean he's not the <laughs> these players aren't 
necessarily like cast them aside yeah they had a couple of usl players but this wasn't a team filled with you know uh plumbers and you know guys yeah, that play I in think, second you know yeah. ha- having this as a second job these guys yeah. are, as you said they're professionals they're guys that are playing and you know upper tiers of uh english and uh dutch, dutch and, and yeah. you know american soccer so yeah you can't sleep on those types of players and it did feel very much like maybe um maybe the u.s kind of looked past them a little bit um i i think also they had a very proactive they didn't bunker they well they did bunker they they were skilled at bunkering let me just say that um Mm -hmm. there there was nuance to how they played their game and they were very good at executing they just executed uh the honestly i thought they executed perfectly um just shy of perfect um so, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, U.S. gets on to the next round, but um, a lot of respect for what Carousel brought because, uh, personally, I was blown away with uh, how, how good they were on the ball, on the counter. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, uh, people were saying Jamaica's going to be a better version. I honestly don't know if that's true. <laughs> I well, kind of um, thought I, there, was, there was points where they were better than Jamaica. Yeah. I have some concerns about Jamaica for the United States. I, I'm not, I'm not blown away by this World Cup sh- or World Cup, not even the World Cup, Gold Cup showing um, thus far. I, I mean, you know, they 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 beat up on Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, they, that felt so good, by the way. That felt great. Right. That was a nice uh, some exercise, some demons, I suppose. But um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it, it's hard to be patient and say, okay, well, you know, we're building something. So you just need to like be patient and it'll all be good. And the, I, it's really hard to see what the end of this roadmap looks like at this point still. Um, well, so the two things, right? Um, number one, Altador has yet to be really fully healthy or at least, uh, well, he's never going to be. And, so like, well. let's just, let's get used to that because that's never going to be a thing where he's 100% fully healthy for any important United States men's national team game. We might as well just go ahead and accept that. Like he's either going to be not healthy or he's going to be out. I think that's a little pessimistic, but it, it's probably not far from the truth. Right. Yeah. Um, it, at the same time though, uh, I think Zardes has actually been pretty efficient in what he's been asked to do. Um, yeah. he, he's not asked to do these overly complex things. And nope. to be perfectly honest, uh, I, I don't think you should be asking that of him. That being nope. said, um, I, I think that there's a little bit, I think some of the criticism of Christian Pulsic is, is kind of warranted a little bit. Um, mostly because great. Uh, our friend in Slack today mentioned how much, Berhalter teams cross and a, a lot of that is at Pulsic's feet because he doesn't stay inside you know the 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 lines he he drifts wide and he's going to try to create from wide sometimes that's works and sometimes it very much doesn't and I think he's still trying to figure out how that works um I really like Tyler Boyd I think that that's that's probably a pretty um mild opinion compared to like everybody else I really think Paul Ariola has been very good. Um, uh, that's probably the uh, people are seem to be much more lukewarm on him. So I, I think this has been an up and down for probably different reasons than you. But uh, I, th- I think up and down is something that we can all kind of agree on. Yeah, um, there's a lot to there's there's a lot to like, not a lot to love. Yeah, um, no, that's that's a, that's a good way of saying it. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I'm not excited about. United States men's national team still, but it, this is better than some how some things have been in the past. But I mean, like you know, we're coming from the bottom, so I, I don't know what to say. All right, I'm like I, every time I talk about the U.S. men's national team, I come off sounding just like a jerk that hates everything. And maybe I am. Maybe that's who I am. Um, but let's move on to something I enjoy more, um, and that's Major League Soccer. Uh, we do have some news here, some signings, some sales, some surprise results. Um, Carlos Grezo off to Augsburg in the Bundesliga, $4.5 million transfer fee. Um, uh, I guess this was something they were working on earlier uh, in the winter, maybe. It uh, didn't yeah. quite happen. So um, got a few more months out of him. Uh, he's been, been very good for them. And 
I, I don't know how it'll be for Augsburg. I don't really, I can't pretend to know what kind of setup he's running into there, but it's always nice to see players um, get sold for a decent profit. Well, and not only that, he's going to be probably making a little bit more money. He's going to be in a much, um, and, and uh, no disrespect to Dallas, I think it's going to be a German for first division. It's going to be a higher level of play, right? Um, oh, yeah. So that, that's excellent for them. On the flip side for Dallas, I think that this caters more towards where they're going because Grezo wasn't, he's not a ball handling uh, defensive midfielder. He's a little bit more, um, I don't know if crunchy is the right word because it's not like he's Diego Chara, but it, at the same time, he's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit more um, of a presence there than he is somebody that's going to be possessing the ball and, and providing passes. And that's something that, you know, Dallas is doing more of. They want to possess the, the ball. They want to play out of the back. And you need mid, uh, midfielders, especially in the central midfield, that are going to help control that. And so I think that, you know, uh, Sir Edwin Cirillo has been, you know, somebody that they've really liked a lot and that they've been playing in that position. Um, Ja'Cory Hayes, of course, is there. Brian Costa. Um, you know, look, it, before the podcast, we were talking about Paxton Pomichol. Paxton Pomichol could move into an eight-type uh, role, and they could move, you know, uh, Thomas Roberts into that into that 10 role in, in certain cases. Um, you know, they're... they're there's a lot of options in that central midfielder. It's not like they're suddenly barren. Yeah. No, I, I, th- that's one thing I think we can always say about FC Dallas is that there's there's a lot of next bands up um, in that, that particular program. So um, this is very much in the direction of what they want, what they want to do. I think they kind of want to develop someone uh, into that role, into this new system, and, and maybe this is a good opportunity to do that. So congrats to uh, Carlos Guerrero and... Uh, Hopefully, uh, FC Dallas uh, uses that, uh, that that cash money well. Uh, on the other side of things, um, Emerson Heinemann, uh, who was uh, a former FC Dallas youth, uh, is leaving Bournemouth and going to uh, Atlanta United, which is uh, a little surprising, I guess. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's it's not like a uh, what are they doing? Kind of move. It's just that one that I expected to see this summer. Uh, yeah, but- it, it's it felt a little, I guess, a little out of the blue, just because um, a <laughs> Emerson Hydman just feels like this uh, this vague idea <laughs> than an actual soccer yeah. player at this stage. Yeah. And then also, um, I didn't know like Atlanta was even interested in adding another midfielder. And it's not like they there's they're they manage their budget really well, and they still have finances. It's just funny wow. to see Atlanta add another player, right? Like yeah. I always constantly feel like Atlanta's already—they've already maxed out the their budget. Yeah, yeah. And for so for them to add somebody else, that I'm like, wow, that player could be really useful to them towards the end of the year. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like that's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't really know much about Emerson Hyman beyond just his vague career path which has been sort of you know he played for Fulham a little bit moved to Bournemouth didn't really get a lot of time there went on loan somewhere I think Rangers or Celtic one of those teams didn't really get a lot of time there uh so this was probably good um I know that he has a couple caps and he's definitely um been on the very fringes of the U.S. picture Um, and if he wants to be I think more in frame there uh, I think going to a place where he's going to get minutes is going to be good is that place Atlanta I don't know. I'm not sure how they reshuffle that lineup right now. Uh, the team's playing extremely well. Um, they are, uh, you know, not losing games anymore. And uh, so it, perhaps he's just an off-the-bench option, perhaps just some squad rotation, or uh, maybe one of those guys is moving. Uh, you know, who can say one way or the other? But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, always good to have some, um, some some forlorn American youngsters return home to, to get some minutes. Forlorn. Yeah, I don't know if forlorn the is the right word there. Yeah. Do you think he's forlorn? He might be a little forlorn. We don't I, I mean, it's he's probably less forlorn to... now. He's probably sh- a little more excited. Sure. I mean, he's stuck in Atlanta rather than Texas, but I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a good city. Um, it is a good city. All right. Uh, two surprising results uh, from MLS this week. We'll cover these real quick uh, before getting into our more main topics here. Uh, Colorado defeat Los Angeles Football Club one zero. Uh, Colorado since 
uh, bringing Connor Casey on has been getting the results. Uh, I don't know how sustainable this is, how much of this is a dead cat bounce. MLS Cup. Uh, are they going all the way here? So. All the way. <laughs> it was a bit of an interesting contextual experience, I imagine, for LAFC. Uh, Atuesta wasn't playing. Uh, the game kind of stopped in the middle for like two hours or something because of weather. Um, so so it, it was an unusual affair no matter what, but uh, that, that probably felt very, very good for the Rapids, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, uh, the late subs to try to get a goal were Adrian Perez and Rodolfo uh, Zelaya. Um, So, I mean, opposed to Christian Ramirez or, you know, uh, Atuesta. um, Yeah, (laughs) I don't I I felt like this was Bob Bradley saying, "Okay, this is your guy's opportunity to shine. Right. Yeah. Um, And they didn't shine too well. But it was a weird game and very weather affected and so well and it's not as if like lafc didn't win the xg war right like mm-hmm. <laughs> they they still had better better shots um you know higher quality shots so well i shouldn't say really high quality it, colorado got a few right in front of the goal i mean that's where their goal was scored by danny wilson on the set piece so um but yeah i mean is what it is you know who i like on that colorado rapids team oh I like that Andre Shinyashiki kid. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Very versatile little kid. I like him. He's not little. That was disrespectful. I didn't mean like that condescending-wise. Young man. A young lad. He, he's, a, he's a tall guy. Did not play that Shinyashiki. Didn't he play a little bit that last oh, week? Oh, yeah, he did. I'm sorry. He, yeah, did. he, was he started out wide. They yeah. use him sometimes in that wide role, and it feels a little awkward. Yeah, I like him up front, but he's also been used out wide at the number 10, too. So I like him, which is good. There's that super draft working. Um, and the other surprising the result was Minnesota finally on the right end of one of these. Uh, <laughs> just obliterated poor football club Cincinnati 7-1. Um, this was not like a, a full-strength Minnesota side either. So I, <laughs> I guess what we have to do is just... Let's talk about FC Cincinnati for a minute because it's getting concerning now. Well, all right. So they, I, I've kind of figured out they do have a brand, right? Like I kind of, I, what I is that like brand? I, Explain well, that to me. So, cause I don't I, get it. Right. Um, over the last four or five games, they have attempted to try to possess the game. Well, They've, that's awkward. It is awkward because they're not very good at it. Um, they they have the wrong pieces, but it's an ob- very obvious game plan that they want to play out of the back, right? They want to build out of the back. They want to use a little bit of their width yeah. uh, and to create chances. Why that seems to be the that seems to be the rough idea that they, that they have, and that seems weird. Number one, because you have Frankie Amaya, uh, and also number two, because you don't have guys that defenders that really ha- are good with the ball at their feet. Um, they're, they're creating a ton of turnovers inside their uh, own defensive third, which I don't know if I need to tell you this, and that's bad. Yeah, that's that tends to be a, a recipe for complete failure. So, you know, uh, you, you, you look at it and say, why are you playing possession soccer? And it, it kind of hit me. Like, I, I, watched, I actually watched this game. I watched this game unfold. And I thought about it. I thought about, you know, what happens if they went to a counter uh, attacking team, which is what I've pretty much spent, like, what, three months kind of railing that, why aren't you a counter attacking team? You know, that's how you built your team. And then it kind of hit me. I don't know if they can play counter attacking soccer. I don't think they have the pieces. They don't have somebody that can spray the ball wide, right? No, they, they, they have guys they that don't. can chase the ball, but they don't have a, a good. All their defensive midfielders are basically guys that are going to be uh, kind of disruptive, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily like ball winners either. So it's not like they can win the win possession and then turn around and counter really fast. I mean, they have the guys up top to they can counter. You know, uh, Darren Maddox, I think, is really talented at it. Um, you saw him last year on display, in full display with uh, DC United. He was very good at it. Yeah. And then you have Kakuta Mane. And then Fernando Addy is, is built to be a hold-up forward. So 
they're kind of missing that piece. And I feel like they're trying to figure out how to get Kenny Saif in that position, in that role, but it, it just didn't fit. And so it kind of dawned on me, they don't have, they haven't built their team to play basically any style. I, I likened it to you when we were texting this past yeah. weekend uh, to World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, you, you know, role-playing on uh, RPG game online, um, you had three different specializations that you could go into in any type of class. But this there was is, like this a, is vanilla WoW, just so the, everyone. Yeah, this is vanilla WoW. With the old school WoW, it's going like, what is he talking about? You'll find out soon this summer later when they release Classic, I guess. <laughs> when Ian disappears from this podcast for four months and... Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you had to basically, you could get to pick one of those trees, but you had to pick. You couldn't just kind of spray your talents here and there. You, you had to make conscious decisions because otherwise you would end up with a broken specialization, right? There is very specific ways that they were intended to work. Yeah. And if you didn't, you ended up having a character that just really didn't do well and you'd have to pay money to, you know, uh, in-game money to, to fix your character specialization because you did something bad uh, because you saw something shiny and thought, maybe I could incorporate this. Um, this is what I feel like Cincinnati's done, right? They basically were like, uh, let me put a few points here and let me put a few points here. And then they ended up just with like a broken specialization. They don't have the ability. They don't have the players to play any one brand of soccer. Like, and I'm not talking about, you know, trying to get into the nitty gritty of, you know, well, Dallas plays possession this way. And then Atlanta plays possession this way, right? It's, it's not about these little tweaks, just overall possession. I don't know how they do it. They don't have anybody up their spine that can handle the ball anymore without, with the exception of Frankie Amaya, who's a 10, who is way up for beyond the field. And I don't know how they get the ball to him effectively to help create in the final third. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, what do you do? Do you, um, and this feels like you one pay, of those. you pay your money and you respect. And what sucks <laughs> about this is they're going to have to respect probably a couple times because I don't know who they can, who they get rid of because I still think that they have some functional pieces. It's a matter of picking which of those pieces you want to go to war with. How do you want to do this? Because that will entail if they want to play a possession based team as a possession-based team, they're going to need to probably get rid of Kendall Waston. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't, I mean, what it, I look at this list and it's like, who do you keep? It's like, I don't know, Alan Cruz, I guess, Garza. I don't even know what Alan Cruz plays. I, like, I don't know what he's good at. He's like Maybe a, he's a good passer. Wide, Maybe he's, he's somebody like that wide, sits in the defensive <laughs> midfield I don't know zone. Either. He's like a wide guy. He just, he does wide stuff. He well is he a wide guy? Because he, he doesn't be, he doesn't beat players one on one v one. He's he does not. he's not a great passer. So what does he do? Uh, and, and look, he's a, he's on the Costa Rican national team. He's been a very effective piece for them. Um, I, he 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 does through balls. He he does he does have some through balls. Uh, he was really effective against Mexico the other night in doing that and setting up the team. But yeah. D- yeah. You 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 got to be multifaceted. Yeah. You you have you have to have you can't be good at one thing. And we we're seeing that with Will Trap right now. Like Will Trap has to evolve. Yeah. I think I look at this like I'm just looking at a list of this team and I, I don't want like to keep any of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would See, let, like all I, of I, these players go and start all over again. Um, I like, like I like Spencer Ritchie as a goalkeeper or a backup goalkeeper. That's fine. Greg Garza is a great left back. Sure, regardless, I pro- probably think... keep Greg Garza. But then the rest of this, I'd be pretty okay with just letting it well, all go. Well, Victor Yoa is not bad. He's not bad, but he's not great either. He's not going to be that guy you want if you're going to try to play possession soccer. No, that's but that's fair. And see, that's that's what I'm getting at, right? Like you made a choice. Like it, it's like you gathered most of your pieces to kind of play bunk and run soccer, but then failed to get like the one piece that you really need. Couldn't incorporate the the 
I don't, I don't want to say Kenny Saif was the, the high prize piece that you got, but you couldn't incorporate the main him as your main guy, a Champions League player in his prime. And, like, what do you do? I, I have no answers for you, except for they basically are going to clean house. And I know that that's basically what everybody's been saying for a while. Uh, I'm just now coming to... I'm coming to grips with it. I am, I'm letting go of my assertion that I felt like they could have been better. They are broken. I will totally concede that. They are broken, watch, they're going to, team. They're going to rip off like three or four wins in a row. And, yeah. you know. That's fine. Then they could cut us a check. Yes. Just made it happen. Agreed. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, another team I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, Harrison, is a team that you and I. We're very much on record of saying it was going to be really good, and they've been well, really bad. Three or four times, but yeah. And that is, of course, uh, Sporting Kansas City. Um, one thing that we thought we'd never worry about Sporting Kansas City was their defense. But it's been bad. Mistakes on uh, on simple passes, um, yeah. Slow defense. I mean, they're they since April first, they're in the bottom five of expected goals against. Like Tim Melia, Tim Melia can't fix that. Nope, um, and he hasn't been great either. As good as he has been, um, <clears throat> I think it's hard to kind of gauge their season. Because there was that brief period where, like, they didn't have any healthy players. Um, but even beyond that, I would say that this has been a very, very disappointing season. Um, and I know that they still have to get healthy, and I, I know that I think I wouldn't throw them out of the playoff picture or anything just yet. Well, uh, okay, so we say that, and, and you're right. Graham Zusi, <clears throat> I think, is uh, is only a probable to play, but they. They got Beasler back. Barath is still in central defense, and I don't know if he's – honestly, I don't know who their number two is at this stage. I don't know if he's number two, number three, number four. I feel like it, it's kind of a guess because no one's really secured that spot next to Beasler. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I think – Maybe Icopara was really important. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, I don't want to. Does that seem I, obvious? I, at this point, I, I think number one, that's a little too obvious, right? Like Icopara, yeah. yeah, absolutely was a vital piece for them. He was. He's yeah. an incredible defender. He's a top five defender in this league. Yeah, of course he was vital to them. Of course they yeah. weren't going to just replace him. However, dot dot dot, they got paid for him. Number one, yes. And they, they turn that money expenses, yeah. In a couple, it do a couple different things, right? That yeah. we don't know necessarily. It's too early to say that this was a bad call or is it a good call. It's gonna, it's gonna be a couple seasons before we can make that determination. That being said, if you even look back to that Portland Western Conference Finals, they got beat multiple times on that counter. It's not like Icoparo was fixing that issue. This is an inherent issue in their system, and it's just made all the worse. And I don't know if this is because, you know, Roger Espinoza and Ily Sanchez now uh, are at a point to where they can't chase down guys. If Graham Zussi's unable to help chase people down, if Seth Sinovic isn't, I don't know if they're hoping J- uh, Jason Lindsay was going to be able to be in that spot. I don't know, but they have to f- somehow figure out how to stop getting beat to death on the counter because they are they are in grave danger of missing the playoffs right now. They have dropped to 33% playoff probability, and they are right now the last team in the Western Conference table. Yeah, <clears throat> and that makes sense because, yeah, it's been bad. There's no other way to say it. Um do you think that um, well I mean I look at stuff like what they did like Kellen Rowe they brought in we were excited about that that has yeah. not borne any fruit no um, 
a lot of people were excited about bringing in Zalalem. Um, that is. Not I don't one. think either of us were like really. I wasn't excited about that, but no. the the public at large seems excited because he played yeah. for Arsenal. Um, that has not really borne a lot of fruit. Um, Nemeth, I thought looked great in the early season. Uh, he Their attack is still fine. Their attack is fine. It's, it's the fact functional. that they're. You, yeah, I, I think it's better than function. It's better than functional. I, I think that's a disservice to Johnny Russell, sir, and Felipe Gutierrez. <laughs> All right, like I, no one, no one, no one has more respect for Felipe Gutierrez than me, Harrison. Don't, don't act like I don't respect Felipe Gutierrez. I was about to get to that. And Johnny Russell, I respect. I respect all Scottish imports into MLS. Callum I, Malice. I, I don't know if he's <laughs> Scottish. I think he's Canadian. Yeah, he has a Scottish name. Anyway. Johnny Russell's fine. Yeah, they have good pieces in the attack. The attack is, is 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 okay. It's fine. It's not great. It has to be better to make up for this defense. So good, but not good enough because of what they've set what they've set themselves up with. Is that fair? Yes. What what do you do to fix this? Um Look, I I think you're right to an extent they do have to get healthy, right? And, and that's not something that, that is going to happen over the course of the season. You don't get healthier. You, you just have guys that uh, come off the disabled list, <laughs> so yeah, to speak. It's a, right? rotating, it's a rotating door policy come this part of the year. But they have to figure tactically. They have to make changes on how they're going to stop that defensive uh, liability on the counter and I don't know if that's rotating grams you see to be a little bit more uh, further back in that in a quasi three back role or maybe mm-hmm. uh, you know they they bring Sesanovic back a little a little bit further maybe they drop Ilya Sanchez between the center backs um, I know that's kind of been less of a thing this year so maybe they need to go back to what they're doing uh, you know about 18 months ago with that I I don't know um, but they need to figure that out tactically and make that decision and start moving towards that. I, I think that would be huge. And then, honestly, I think they need to add another quality defensive type player um, that's under the age of 28. Didn't they just trade a young quality defensive player that was under the age of 28? Mm, they traded their what? They traded. I can't remember his name now. He probably wasn't yeah, the greatest he came from player, the same, but he was a prospect. Yeah. He was a, he he was very much a prospect. He was uh, younger than Latif Blessing when they signed uh, Latif Blessing, and he was from the same uh, same part of uh, I want to say Ghana that they got uh, Latif Boy, Blessing I bet, from. So I bet they wish they had Latif Blessing still. Oh, don't that that's got to be a sore subject. Like that's I, I'm really glad we're gonna get a ton of hate mail not only for like dissing them throughout this podcast but now like no i think blessing way way to kick them in the teeth i think i think i think their fans aren't going to disagree with me or us or you i mean like every skc fan i've talked to has been very very like yeah this is a problem so i'm just going to go with that i'm going to say that they're fine and agree with us all all skc fans we thank you for your support of our our, our i hope so this we love you guys we we Uh, really love you let's uh Let's move on to um, – we got a lot of good questions this week, Harrison, and I, we I want to I I talk about all these questions. So, okay, um, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we love questions, by the way. It gives us something to talk about, so be sure to send questions to us. Um, <laughs> first question is uh, from uh, – well, it's from Drew, so whatever. Hi, Drew. Like, the dude's in France and still, like, giving us crap. Still giving us uh, assignments. Uh, Drew says, what's up with Pedro Santos with Crossapalooza? 20 attempted crosses in his last game. Uh, that's a lot of crosses, Harrison. Did you, did you do any, did you get any insight on this? I didn't see this game. It it was, I, I, I watched a little bit of it. Um, there's a couple of really good moments. Actually, he had an amazing cross. I don't remember what minute it was, man. Uh, he had a really, uh, really fun cross that was... It wasn't quite a through ball. It was about a good 30, 40 yards that was just right mm-hmm. on point. Um, but he didn't have 20 crosses. Like, MLS, like, lumps that. I don't know if he got that from MLS or he got that from who scored, um, both of which, you know, have, like, they're going to have their own ways of saying stuff, and we're going to talk about that in just a second with another question. But, uh, yeah, like, 
they weren't they weren't good they this is kind of where they're at um Patrick Mullins is pretty much dead I won't bring that up um <laughs> I don't think he's dead. He's just he's just not playing. Is he hurt? He's not hurt. No, he's not. He's buried on the bench. He got like, got like 20, 15 <clears throat> minutes out of this game. And he had a really nice – he had a header, a really nice header off a cross and put it into the middle of the box where there is literally no one there. Um, mm. Should have been mm. someone running on that back uh, post. But, you know, hey, in the Caleb Porter era, we just hold the strikers responsible for not scoring goals. Um, that works for me. Yeah, so uh, Pedro Santos, he's going to cross the ball a ton. That's kind of his brand, uh, just like it's my brand now for people to be like, hey, Harrison, look at all these stupid crosses. Um, yeah. And they know like it basically pierces my soul and burns me. So thanks, thanks, Drew, for, for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Yeah, if you see any incredible feats of overcrossing, um, please do send them to uh, Harrison. <clears throat> to comment on this show because I like to make him talk about crossing because it's fun. Um, uh, another question uh, from someone that does not uh, work with us, which is cool. Uh, this is from Mick G. Mick G asked, Diego Chara with 25 defensive actions this weekend. Is that the most ever? Um, no, a couple things. Uh, I don't know where 25 came from. Um, I think that we decided they were probably including recoveries in that. Yes. Which is, um, well, we don't. Um, <clears throat> it's it's not to say, well, which is fine. It's, that's, that's not to say that uh, recoveries aren't important. It's just that they're not always defensive. Um, it's true. That's, that's yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know. Um, our tally had them closer, like, had them at, like, 10. Um, but even so, uh, fun, fun times here. Uh, that is... Even with that, uh, the record in our data set comes uh, from 2015, July 12th, Sporting Kansas City versus Vancouver. Sony Mustavar with 29 defensive actions. Um, that is not including. Um, that is not including recoveries. So even I don't think that includes blocks, right? That's like so, tackles, interceptions, and clearances. Yeah. So the way it went down here, and I this is just eye-popping i have to go back and watch this game to see if someone maybe went a little nuts on the recording um but credits <laughs> him with four tackles three clearances and 20 interceptions holy crap um so i again i i would have to go back and count those to really believe that no one got a little carried away there but uh, in our data set, uh, he's there. Victor Cabrera against Seattle last year uh, recorded 23. Chris Wingert back in 2013 recorded 22. Uh, Leonardo for the Galaxy against Seattle uh, back in 2015 recorded 22 as well. And then um, I love that the Chivas USA still has a role in our data yeah, set. That, that kind of does that warms my heart a little bit. Yeah. So no, uh, it was a good performance from Diego Chara certainly. Um, but I, I don't think it was close to a record-breaking one. Well, so two things, right? Uh, real fast. Yeah, and, and you you totally nailed it with, you know, the DFAs. And everybody does defensive actions differently. And how we have it, we, it's a constant discussion. So um, one thing real fast, though. Dallas made 532 pass attempts. Yeah, so he had a lot to do. 532. And that's yeah. primarily where those recoveries are going to come from, right? Is is those turnovers uh, or bad passes, right? Um, so, yeah. 532, just FYI for listeners at home, is more passes than any team in MLS averages. Yeah. So that's Dallas, and they're all in the back too, and rushed and weird. Yeah. So I mean, if you think about Diego Shar, was definitely doing a lot, a uh, little bit of pressing here and there, and he also, I mean, Portland has their share i think they had 450 passes or something like that um they had their share of passes as well um and you got to think he can get a recovery technically on um any type of lost possession mm-hmm. even if you lose it yourself right so i think that if one of his teammates lost possession if he goes back and gets it um he he can get credit for a recovery so it, it's a little deceptive in terms of a metric and so um that's not to say he 
yeah, like you said, it, it, he still had a really good game. Uh, it, it just wasn't. Um, it, it's just not in the same vein as what we necessarily think of. Um, that being said, when we look at recoveries, uh, Diego Chara does shine. Michael Bradley, that's really where you want to know what Michael Bradley does best. He's the recovery king. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Recoveries are an interesting stat. We, we might need to just do, like, a deep talk on them one week. Yeah, I think that's a good their, idea. Their value, because I, I, I definitely have some opinions about recoveries, and I think you do too. So uh, we'll get into that at a later date. Uh, but let's move on with uh, our next question. Kieran Doyle asks, does TFC sell Josie and rebuild with Pozuelo plus two new DPs if the Chinese offer is legit? Currently $10 million. If no, what is the number that is yes? Um, yeah, of course. You sell it for $10 million. <laughs> I don't think that offer is legit. I would be surprised. Uh, but yeah, you, there are, okay. Harrison, how many players in MLS do you not say yes to $10 million? It's not a lot. It's not a lot at all. I'm, I'm thinking. There's, there's probably, there's probably a few more than, uh, so like immediately I say Vela, Ladero, um, Ladero, they bought for 5 million. You say they don't turn around and double that for a 30 year old. Uh, that's hard, dude. That's hard. Like, Bella, that's still a profit, I think, they make on that. Uh, maybe. I don't remember what they bought him for. Yeah, uh, Diego Rossi is, is, like, if you want to start going to the y- younger players, like Diego that's Rossi, who, yeah. Elise, um, those are guys I, I'm not selling for $10 million. Like, I'm there, not even, that might be pretty good for Elise. That's probably no. about what he's going to go for. See, and see, I'm... I'm much more bullish on the fact that I think that you can get more for Elise than what most people think, but that's because I'm crazy and uh, in love with him. So yeah, you know. I think they're going to get about. I think that's about what he's going to go for. Um, Josie's 29, and he's a good player, but he's always hurt. Um, since signing with you, he's missed a quarter of the games due to injury. Is that all? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not being cruel. That was like I, I'm just very pre- surprised. The, before the latest injury, when I looked, that's what it was. Okay. I don't know how that stacks that's out. That's just the surprising injury. me. I thought he actually would have missed more games. So yeah. Um. And even when he's not missing games, he's not 100 percent very often or close. He's he's always kind of working on something. When he's been healthy, when he's been he's been great. He still is a very good player. He's been very good for um, Toronto this year. I think he's probably one of the best you know strikers in the league. Um, he's you know in the top ten for that that being said if you can get 10 million dollars for him you do it because let me tell you something that toronto's really good at these days it's buying players mm. it's finding pozuelo and javinko um pozuelo is on the list before ali curtis so i don't know if you give ali curtis that that credit okay well i, I don't not to say he's bad at his job right they've got a good list somewhere <laughs> They've got a list of players. I would imagine so. They have a very could, good organization that doesn't just start with Ali Curtis, but yes. Yes. Somewhere there's a good list of players to buy. And Javinko was a huge smash. Pozuelo, I think, is going to be a huge smash. Um, I think that, that when you're looking at guys like Bradley and Altador, I think that they're great players. I think they're wonderful players. I think if you could keep them, um, if they weren't preventing you from dipping onto that list again, I think they're worth keeping around. But both of them are on DP salaries, and they're not cheap. If someone's going to pay you $10 million to get one of those off your books, you take it and you spend it on another Pozuelo. Absolutely. I mean, not the same position, but another guy of that quality? Oh, man, of course. That's a that's a, that's a that's a no question for me. All right, so I'm not disputing that you don't sell Josie for $10 million, right? Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, however, dot, 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 you have a window right now that Josie's coming out of a tournament, surprisingly more getting healthier than he is recovering don't don't speak too soon i I, i'm not i'm trying not to get ahead of myself but (laughs) let's just look at let's look at how things are here july 2nd right july 2nd he's getting healthier not less healthy right presumably he's going to likely play more games in the second half than he uh than he did in the first half for you yeah you have a team that is finally getting healthy after 12 months, a team that you're adding Omar Gonzalez to a team that seems to 
finally be going towards uh, the positive side of things. They're sitting seventh. They have the underlying numbers that say that they might have something more than just a low ceiling. They might even, who knows where they could end up. They ha- already have a high floor. Do you sell Josie right now and say yes. the rest and say, well, maybe we'll <laughs> find something. <laughs> maybe we Maybe we'll make this work with I mean who do you use that for Jordan you use Jordan Hamilton the rest of the year I'm not necessarily opposed to Go that buy someone but else. I think that you have to can you buy somebody and integrate them that quickly Here's what it does Harrison it extends your window But does it, it it's it, no it's creating a brand new window is what it's doing honestly you're opening That's up fine. a brand you you're going to break up the band and i'm I totally think Toronto, i think that i don't think, I think you need gonna to win an mls cup championship this year next, i, I don't think you, i i i think you're sleeping a little bit on him there's nobody in the eastern conference that i would put above toronto right now atlanta I, Atlanta's, uh, Atlanta's looks better Atlanta, look i love Philly. Club looks don't, better. don't do this to me look our Red Bulls football, are a sleeping giant. Red Bulls uh, are, are trash right now, and that's a different discussion in and of itself. <laughs> Come on. But look, Nobody. seriously, look, seriously, the, on any given day, whether or not you're home or away, TFC has a legit chance to come in and ruin your day. Whether that's, that's Philadelphia, that's whether that's teams. We just saw no, Minnesota no, 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 beat no, no, a team no. 7-1. Colorado just beat LAFC. Come on. That can't be the standard. Yeah, and they, I like this how you say you throw that. Team. You throw that and you put an asterisk team. in both of those games. You put an asterisk in both of those that's games. That's what I'm saying. saying that's what I'm well, saying. you know, conditions just happen to be right. And, you know, you God can, smiled on the Rapids. Look at this. Any given team being able to beat any given team on any given day is not like a reason to turn down a huge problem but it's not it's not that it's not that toronto can beat is just luck into beating another team it's not that they're going to luck into it they have the talent they have the legit talent and they have the tactical prowess so long as you know a certain assistant coach stays there that they can come in to another team whether that's nyc whether that's uh philadelphia and whether that's atlanta to beat them Atlanta's not the offensive juggernaut they once were. Philadelphia still has holes. They're still young. And I think that they still have tactical inflexibility and issues that they're going to have to work out in the second half. And I think NYCFC is still not 100%. I think that there's still holes there. I don't think these teams that aren't going to sit still. I don't think that there's that much of a gap between Toronto and Atlanta right now, which is the bottom and the top of the playoff. I think that the, that that entire top 7 is so cluster and really honestly, I would go so far as to say that 9 is so closely clustered so very clo- closely clustered that you're really honestly not going to know a whole hell of a lot excited except for who's going to have home field advantage and maybe higher probability. #selljosie that, <laughs> fine, so Josie. Fine, <laughs> fine. Just kick a championship to the curb. I'm not necessarily saying you don't sell it. Not a championship. I'm just saying you have All to right. consider the fact that you have a good chance to make a run at MLS Cup at this point. Also, I agree that offer is completely fake. Haven't they won like one of their last like seven games or something? Again, they're adding three players. All right. So, I mean. Listen, listen, uh, Kieran, this is a great question. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, <laughs> I know we're always going to disagree on Josie. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I, I think you would be kind of maybe punting this season if you do. So, I, I think it's a tough choice if you're Allie Curtis or Greg Vanning, if you're that front office and says, like, uh, do we think that we're realistically going to compete for a championship this year? Uh, we probably I, got to keep the band together. Hold on. Okay. And if if not, and I think that you have a very good reason for looking at this and going like maybe probably not, then you 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 do the best thing for your club's future. Okay, that's that's all. I would just say Jordan Hamilton has shown some interesting qualities as well. And Liam Fraser. Okay. All right. Uh, Phil asks, how accurate are Zillow home? What? How accurate are Zillow home estimates? Uh, I have I have no idea. 
So I actually I, did I research on this because. <laughs> did you find out? Okay. <laughs> this Thank actually, God someone did. <laughs> so this actually kind of, I was kind of like, ah, that's kind of a good question. Maybe it's not topical, but it's interesting to me. Thank uh, you, Phil. Unfortunately, I went to uh, the only article I found on it was Forbes, and I'm yeah. really suspect. I, I I don't really trust necessarily with Forbes, uh, but last year they did a little bit of research on it, and they found in generally uh, that they're within four percent of the median value. So uh, that's pretty good. I think that's pretty incredible. Obviously, you know you still want to rely on a professional to come in and appraise your home. But we recommend um, <laughs> if uh, you if I... you appraise houses, please let us know. We will totally uh, let you pay us yeah. to do an yeah, ad. We can advertise Russell Knauss. Get on here. We'll, we'll advertise <laughs> for you. We'll sponsor you. Oh, there could be such, to do it. There could be such a great overlap between like, MLS, MLS, and our podcast. MLS, Major League Soccer, and MLS Multiple Listing Services. It's meant to be. For a long time, if you went to www.mls.com, you went to the multiple listing service. It's true. In fact, I guess you still do because that's not their website. <laughs> they have ML- they have Major League Soccer Soccer now. Um, all right, uh, last question from uh, Jacob Backup. Who is the lowest team on the table that will make a run to get into the playoffs? Um, I don't know. Orlando? Uh, Toronto? Chicago? Technically, Toronto. Technically, Toronto is in a playoff spot. So, they, oh, okay, they're still there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. So, kind of interesting. RSL is out of the playoff picture right now. Technically, uh, Portland's out of the playoff picture, and Sporting Kansas City. Uh, so those those are kind of some. Oh yeah, I'd I'd say I, I would go with SKC. I think SKC. Well, no, I don't know if they're going to turn. Portland. Portland. I think it's Portland because. Well, they're definitely going to make the playoffs, I think. Are I they? I don't know. I mean, yeah. They got nothing but home games the rest of the way. They'll be they'll be up in this PPG. It's it's very possible. I I, I don't. I'm... They're ninth right now in the standings. I, I think I think Portland technically would be the correct answer maybe at this time. But well, I... and they have the least amount of games played uh, in the yeah. Western Conference, and yeah. they like you said they have a ton of home games that are coming up. That being said, um, don't sleep on Real Salt Lake. Uh, you know Dallas, but they're is, ahead of Portland. Dallas. Somehow is still and very much in that picture. Same with Houston. But like the so, lowest right now, I think is the question. Lowest right now, like what? Who is the lowest in the standings right now that will be in the playoffs at the end of the year? It's like RSL is above Portland. FC Dallas is already in the spot. So I think looking at it right now. Portland in ninth place might be my guess. Oh, Chicago too. Gosh, Chicago should really be in the playoffs. Chicago, like I, we're going to talk about Chicago sometime. It's, it's yeah, gonna we're going to do that next week. We wanted to do it this week. We ran out of time, but uh, we, we have a lot of thoughts on Chicago. Um, New York, we'll New England Revolution is a really great call too. Like they, yeah. I mean, they're they're sitting on twenty points. I think that they could be. They they picked up a late win against Houston this past weekend. Yeah. I don't know. I. It's that Bruce Arena thing, you know? I think the opposite question is kind of funny, too. Like, who's the highest in the standings right now that just won't be in the playoffs come? Seattle, up FC to... Dallas? Uh, Dallas would be up there. Montreal, maybe? I feel like Montreal's the, the one everyone's going to go with. I'm uh, If you're going to lean to the Eastern Conference, I'm going to say New York Red Bulls. Oh, yeah. That's possible. Huh. It's a good question, Jacob. It's a good question. Um, I don't think we got a really definitive answer there, but I'm going to go with Portland. New York That's Red it. Bulls. I like that. I'll go with New York Red Bulls. We'll do that. Fine. All right. All right. Uh, that's it. We're done. That is, a, that is another episode of the American Soccer Analysis Podcast. Uh, thank you, as always, to my friend, my colleague. You can uh, find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Uh, please, uh, you can oh, you can follow our Twitter account at Analysis Evolved. Uh, on Friday, we're going to do some more of those uh, bar graph visualizations and tweet those out, and those usually start a, a nice, fun round of discussion. So uh, follow along, check those out, send some requests our way. Tell them Ian sent you. That'll be me, so I'll be like, yeah, I know that guy, Ian. He's cool. Um, so that's uh, at analysis evolved on Twitter. Um, and then uh, visit our website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. 
we had a really cool piece go up uh, talking about Wando's uh, <laughs> unfortunate uh, moment in the Belgium game. Uh, uh, our good man, who's, who's a Quakes fan, uh, really went in depth on it and looked at the chance and uh, used some data and some hindsight to kind of go back and kind of look at it, what what that moment meant for uh, uh, the team in that in that time. So that, that also, was a really cool piece. Also, Bill Reno uh, actually wrote about Tim Melia. We, we were mentioning no, it's Tim a, Melia. it's a video. It's actually oh, a video. Oh, it's a video? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, so like, I, I've, obviously you see I haven't clicked on it just yet. Yeah, so oh, Harrison's going to click on that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Bill Reno, who's a goalkeeper expert uh, at Let's All Soccer, um, did a nice little video on uh, Tamilia, what's what's different this year than compared to last. So uh, all these things are worth checking out. Um, thank you again to everyone that has uh, donated. Uh, you can visit our Patreon as well. Uh, we have a link there on the website. Which I, I don't have a link in front of me. Bad, bad podcast host, but, but you can find it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, until then, enjoy the soccer. There's not a lot of difference between a foxhole and a grave. And knowing that you dug your ditch and climbed in anyway. Touch gloves, take your corners, and come out fighting when the bell rings. You don't get more points for all your suffering, yeah. safer place and smile for a while with your brand new style and a change of pace what a beautiful cover a talk show makeover and you'll lose some weight but if you want to get well then why the hell do you
Tastes so much sweeter. Well, I've been there.